Today, we take a look at the division that must always have a monster at quarterback. Nation. Welcome to an episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be Packers but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. This is going to be a real good division, Grassi, and we have finally shifted and made it over to the AFC. Last week, we took a look at every division in the NFC, and now we're going to the conference where there are so many good QBs, they're all just going to cannibalize each other. I don't know why I'm making a circle like this, but maybe I'll edit it into something cool, like one of those like Doctor Strange circles, and I'll teleport myself to a multiverse where the Packers don't always lose in the NFC Championship game. I can't believe it! The Packers are going to the Super Bowl! That'd be nice. And it's all because I used head and shoulders. So in case you missed the NFC videos, first of all, you're a monster. Second of all, what we do is we go through every single team. I take a look at their toughest games. On top of that, I predict their floor and their ceiling. And at the very end, we rank them in the division on how I think it's going to play out. Good. Let's get to it. Starting off with the Baltimore Ravens, the team that is most likely to go from worst to first. Why were they worst last year? Well, they couldn't stay out of the hospital. Literally nonstop hospitalizations. Everybody and their mother was on IR. You had all this hype for the running back. They're like, Gus the bus. It's going to be amazing. I drafted two Ravens running backs in fantasy, and then they both imploded. And so the season didn't get any better. Lamar Jackson got hurt at some point. And like everybody and their mother got hurt. Now, their offseason, Ravens had a very, very good draft. One of my favorite, if not my favorite draft from the 2022 draft class. So I think that they definitely have loaded up this offseason. On top of that, they did lose Hollywood Brown. He's going to hang out with Kyler Murray now. However, I think the fact that you have one of the best tight ends in the league in Andrews is going to be able to make up for that. And they are praying that Rashad Bateman is able to take that leap and uh, be pretty damn good. Take a look at some of their tough games besides all the division games that they're in. They got the Browns twice, the Bengals twice, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Bucks, the Saints, the Broncos, and, you know, the Steelers are always going to potentially give them a tough time. They do not have an easy schedule this year. And again, similar to the AFC West, like we're going to talk about, they have an incredibly difficult division. So if the Ravens completely and totally crap the bed and they lose all of these games, they would have a floor of eight and nine because I think all the other games that they're going to play are very winnable. Now, where I think their ceiling is, I think they are a 13 and four potential team in that they could probably split with the Browns, split with the Bengals, and then definitely win some of these other games like against the Saints, the Dolphins, the Broncos. But the Ravens are one of those teams where there's a huge difference between their floor and their ceiling. And I think it's really just going to depend on how healthy they can actually stay. The Ravens, I think, should be a very good football team this year. Lamar Jackson is probably going to get a crap ton of money thrown at him. And if they actually have running backs, they'll finish a lot better than they did last year. Then you got the reigning defending AFC champions. And Kitty goes meow. Boop. 
Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals shocking the world last year. They were picking in the top 10 last season. They get Jamar Chase, and then they lit up the league, and everyone made fun of them. They were like, oh, you should have gotten Panay Sewell so you'd actually have some protection. But Joe Burrow was like, no, it's okay. I'll take nine sacks in the divisional round, and I'll still win. I don't need any help. I'll still be smoking those cigars after the game in victory. But the Bengals obviously had trouble at offensive line. Their secondary was a little bit suspect looking at you, Eli Apple. They say an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but an Eli Apple a day keeps the winds away. I need football. So the Bengals, they went in the offseason and they addressed both of these positions. They went out and addressed offensive line. On top of that, they got Daxton Hill in the draft, who I absolutely love. And I think that he's going to be a really good player in that secondary. Taking a look at their tough games, they got the Browns twice. They got the Ravens twice. They got the Cowboys, Dolphins, Saints, Titans, Chiefs, Bucks, and Bills. Now, they're getting punished a little bit because they won their division last year. So they're going up against some really, really tough opponents. Like, you look at those last three that I just mentioned with the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Bills. That's going to be a rocky road. And again, their division is going to be a monstrosity. So here, looking at their floor, though, because of how improved they are, I still see them having a 10-7 and record at their floor. I do think they're going to be really, really good this year just because I don't really see a lot of holes in their game. If Joe Burrow continues to step up like he has, Jamar Chase coming into his second year, they still got T. Higgins over there. Like, they got a lot of great players. C.J. Uzama is no longer there because he went to the Jets. I'm so sorry. But... 10 and 7, I see as their floor. Their ceiling, I see around a 12 and 5 ceiling. Just because the quality of their opponents, I don't think they're going to go undefeated or anything like that. And I actually think that the Ravens have a higher ceiling than they do just because they play a little bit less quality opponents. But the Bengals, I think that they're definitely going to be a winning team this year, and they're probably going to find themselves right back in the playoffs. Following that, you got the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, all right, let's... uh. Let's ignore the elephant in the room for a hot second. The Cleveland Browns, even without their QB, have a very good team. Is Stefanski the guy to lead them? Uh, last year, you started to see some fans maybe turn on Stefanski a little bit. But I think for at least right now, he's going to be their guy. They have the whole saga with Baker Mayfield, and now they can't get rid of him. And Baker Mayfield's like, well, deuces, I'm not showing up to anything because you guys are a bunch of a-holes. But the Browns have one of the best running back tandems in the league. Their defense is really good. They got Jadavian Clowney back. And, of course, they have Miles Garrett. And when he isn't swinging helmets at you, yes, I'm never going to forget, he is a really damn good player that's set. Secondary has all pros in it. So I really think the Browns are going to be good regardless of who their QB is. Now, Deshaun Watson, besides further allegations, he's throwing interceptions in practice because he's had a year off from football. And again, the Browns defense is really good. People are going to overblow the story of him having some rust, but I think there are some legitimate concerns there. And we're going to see what the suspension is going to look like. But either way, I think the Browns might get off to a slow start this season, whether it's going to be because Deshaun Watson's not going to be behind center or because it's going to take some time for him to shake the rust off. But again, I think they are a talented football team. Taking a look at some of their tough games, they got the Bengals and Ravens twice. They got the Chargers, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, and Saints. So their schedule isn't super hard like the Bengals schedule is. But again, you throw in that component of having a rusty QB. If Deshaun Watson is able to play like he did in Houston, they are essentially Super Bowl contenders. However, 
Again, depending on what that suspension is going to be and what most likely is going to be a slow start, I see their floor around eight and nine just because of the division that they're in and some of the opponents that they're facing. But they're another team where I see their ceiling at 12 and five, depending on how things shake out with Deshaun Watson, how he's able to perform. That's really going to dictate how the Browns are going to do. They could probably tread water until he gets back because that team is talented enough but we'll see how they play. And then finally, the team that I don't think anyone is expecting to make a playoff run besides maybe urinating tree as he screams from the top of a building, Steelers gone in a Super Bowl. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers who made the biggest splash in the offseason in signing Mitch Trubisky and then immediately were like, never mind, we don't want him and decided to go get Kenny Pickett with their first pick in the first round. Now, the Steelers, um, besides guys retiring, of course, their offensive line uh, was abysmal last year. Najee Harris was good, but he was running behind such a terrible offensive line. I actually felt sympathy for him as I was watching and him just try to get like two or three yards and look around and be like, is anybody going to help? No. Okay. Juju Smith-Schuster went to go make TikToks uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, so they lose him in the offseason. I think the Steelers are just kind of in this weird rebuild. Mike Tomlin, you know, was able to drag the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger's carcass all the way to the playoffs to get blown out by the Chiefs last year. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, that's a joke to me. Looking at their division, again, I think they have six tough games in all their divisional opponents, plus the Patriots, the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Saints, the Colts, the Raiders. I see them struggling against all of those teams. I see their floor as low as 3-14. and 14. I know Steelers fans are all going to be like, ah, I'm freaking out about that. We do not care. I just don't know how that offense is going to perform. There's a lot of question marks there. They're in one of the most difficult divisions in the NFL. And throw on top of that, yes, again, their defense is going to be good. I just think that against these teams, they're going to struggle. So I see their ceiling as around a five-win team going around 5-12. and 12. Could they overperform that and maybe get like six or seven wins? Sure, but yeah, I just think that there is going to be a punching bag in this division this season. And it's unfortunately going to be the Steelers. Never say never, but never. So the way that I see this division shaking out, I got the Ravens finishing first, the Bengals second, the Browns third, and the Steelers fourth. Don't be surprised if the Bengals and Browns have around the same record. I have them at the same exact ceiling. And don't be surprised again with the fluctuation of the ceiling and the floor for the Ravens if they actually wind up finishing a little bit lower. But of course, let me know what you think down in the comments below. You guys send me at TomGrossyComedy.com or at TomGrossyComedy, all social media you see down below. Check out PackS on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grossy. And as always, Go Paco. Go Paco.